Well, how many of you has it been over a year since you've been to church? (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. Some of you might remember it was just over a year ago when uh, I started the sermon with a, a, a little gospel chorus. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Stand, sing it with me. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody remember that? Oh, well, okay. Most of you don't. That's probably a good thing. Well, guess what? I woke up this morning <laughs> with that on my mind. And I go, you know, this will fit. You know, pastors are always thinking in the sermon mode. <laughs> always thinking in the sermon mode. We can't get it out of our minds. But I woke up this morning with my mind. That's exactly what the ancient Hebrews sought to do. It goes all the way back. In Deuteronomy, you can read about it. It's called the Shema. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, when we read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall remember the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And then you read on in that passage, and it says that one of the commandments is to teach this love of God to your children and to your children's children. You should teach it to them when they first get up in the morning. You should teach it to them when they go to bed at night. You should teach them when they come and when they go. Often our faith is called a threshold theology where we remember as we come and as we go. And the goal was so that the first thing on your mind when you wake up in the morning is your relationship with God. And that as you go through the day, they even had these things called mezuzahs, which they posted on uh, the doorpost of their homes and on their gates. And whenever uh, they would come, whenever they would go, they would touch it and remember that the Lord their God is one and they shall love the Lord their God with everything they have. And remember, when you go to bed, so that the last thing on your mind as you drift off to sleep is how wonderful God is in your life. From the most ancient of days, the conditioning of our spirits and of our lives was on the forefront of the minds of the faithful people. Well, I hope you wake up in the morning with a, a little song on your, on your mind. I woke up this morning with my mind. I'll tell you what, if you wake up in the morning and you sing that as you go around getting ready for the day, your family will finally say, will you just hush? But it speaks of our love for God. Today we're talking uh, 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 on the second Sunday about our baptismal covenant as a journey with God. A journey that begins at our conception and continues until the day when we see God in glory. 
It's a journey. It's not something that just happens once when uh, you bring a a baby up here to to be baptized or you kneel at the rail and you confess your faith in Jesus Christ. It's more than that. That is one stop along the way. The Apostle Paul said, unless the Holy Spirit prompts you, no one is able to say Jesus is Lord. We believe that the word of Scripture tells us that God is working in our lives even before we know or are aware or able to make decisions about its merit in our lives. And then at our baptism, it's confirmed for us what God is doing. Through the waters we are cleansed and we are claimed by God. And then it continues with us throughout our lives. We've got a confirmation class going right now. It's a a group of 12. How good is that? 12 persons. And none of them plans to betray us. But Pastor Daniel and myself, we're teaching it along with uh, our youth uh, directors right now. And that's Abby Brownell and Caroline Greenlee. And uh, we're doing hybrid uh, so some join us in person, some aren't quite ready, so they join us on Zoom, and uh, then we even have a, a Sunday confirmation component on Zoom uh, this afternoon at 3.30 for the ones who can't come on Wednesday. It's a new day. You know, I've been in this thing for, well, for 45 years. Today is the day. It's the 45th anniversary of my first Sunday in my first church today. (laughs) 45 years. I can't believe I've done it. And I got it in my blood. I can't get it off of my mind. I can't get it off of of my chest. And uh, uh, it's all about Jesus. And so what confirmation does is it, it helps students realize the grace of God that is at work in their lives before they were even born through their baptism, what their parents did for them, and now as they confirm that in their lives and as they confess their faith, when they come forward for confirmation, they take the vows of the church, which are very much like the vows of baptism. It's confirming the faith that was given to us through the ages. That's kind of what was happening at Caesarea Philippi when Jesus gathered with his disciples. Now, I picture the context of that scripture that Daniel read to us in our gospel lesson as being around a campfire at the end of a day. They've cooked their fish, they've baked their bread, and they've got their tummies full, and the sun is setting in the west. And as they see the light and hear the crackle of the burning wood and the fire... They're talking about the day's events. And trust me, you follow Jesus around and they were eventful days. And they had seen Jesus healing people. They had heard him teaching the lessons of life. And now, guess what? They get to have him with them as they drift off to sleep most likely out in the open. And so as they're talking, Jesus pops a question. And he says, well, you know, who do people say that that I am? 
Not like he didn't already know, but he knew that the confession that they would make, and some would say, well, some say you're like Elijah, come back. Others say you're like Jeremiah, or maybe one of the other prophets. And then Jesus looks them in the eye as only our Lord can do. As he's looking you in the eye today, And he says, but who do you say that I am? And how many of you as teachers ask a question and there's always someone who goes, I know, I know, I know. And it was Simon. He couldn't wait to blurt it out. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus picked up on that confession of faith. And he said, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That's the grace of God that was already working in his life before he even knew it was working. He said it was heaven that revealed this to you. And I tell you, you are rock. Now, this is where he changes his name from Simon to Peter. Kind of an interesting play on names. Simon is a name that means he has heard. And Ed Simon had been listening. He heard it and he got it. And so now he was confessing it. And his new name was given by Jesus to be Peter, which means rock. Wow. You've heard it correctly, so I call you rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the very gates of hell and death shall not prevail against it. That's good news. Some people will ask me, well, where did the church start? Way back yonder, where did the church start? I say it started right there in Caesarea Philippi around the campfire. As Simon Peter blurted out, You! You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's that confession on which Jesus built a church that will never, ever die. Now, many people are worried about the United Methodist Church because there's a little strife in our ranks, which kind of took a back seat because of the COVID pandemic. In fact, we even uh, canceled a, a, a general conference that was supposed to deal with the issue of human sexuality. And, uh, and so we postponed it until uh, this September. And guess what? They just postponed it again for another year. Will the... Controversy ever be solved? Well, I think in time it will, and people will vote their consciences, and we will do what uh, we feel led is the best, what God is telling us to do as we confess our faith in him. But I am encouraged that because of this confession, because of what Simon, now Peter, did that evening, was say you are the Christ. And Jesus said, that's the confession that will never die. And though the church may change, it may evolve, it may split, it may unite as it has done for centuries, 
It will never die. And yes, can I get an amen? And we can take comfort in that. The baptismal covenant involves the confession of our faith in Jesus Christ. There's three vows. Pastor Daniel referred to those last week. I'm going to refer to them again, and I'm sure it'll probably come up again. But when parents bring a baby up to be baptized, they take these vows vicariously on behalf of the child because we believe that through God's grace that was there at creation, that was there at conception, is there with that child... And God is claiming that child for the kingdom. And so the parents vicariously take the vows on the child's behalf in the sure trust and the certain hope that when they go through confirmation, they will be able to say, yes, I am that. And they will confess their faith. There's three vows, and they're hard to remember in all of their words because there's, there's some unique words. But if you remember, renounce, accept, confess. Renounce, accept, confess. And uh, I had one confirmation student with a deep voice. He said one year, the answer for him was, yep. And come Confirmation Sunday, that's exactly how he responded to the first question is, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Yup. Do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And he said, yup. And then the last one is what I'm trying to get across today. It was the same thing that Peter did that evening at Caesarea of Philippi, and it's our privilege to do it again. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in the church which Christ opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. And that young man said, yup. And he fulfilled what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so we believe that in the church, the public confession of Jesus Christ is the entry point into the community of faith. That's a practice that goes way, way back to the first century AD when there was persecution around. And if they knew that you were a Christian, they might come and arrest you, throw you in jail, or you might even get killed. And so they met in secret. 
and they were very concerned about uh, people who would spy on them or, or who would sneak into their, rant, their ranks to rat them out. And so what they would do was, if someone inquired of them uh, out in public or in their daily lives, uh, because they had noticed that they spoke a little more honestly, uh, they uh, were a little more patient, and they helped one another. And people wanted to know, what is it about these people that meet in secret that makes them live differently? So they would inquire, and they would begin to speak a little bit here and a little bit there about Jesus Christ and the difference that he makes. And over time, as they watched a life change and really become serious about wanting to know more about the faith, they would pop the question, would you like to be baptized? And then they were. And they were allowed to become a part of the church. Now, it was a safety measure in those days. Now, we just want you to come. We're just glad to be back. Because we believe that what we do here makes a difference and it rubs off on us. So that when we leave, we got Jesus on the mind. We've got a little bit more strength for the challenges that we must face during our lives. And we've got a song in our hearts. Back in 1882, a young mother named Louisa Stead wrote a hymn. It's number 462 in our hymnal. It was a hymn that was a hymn of faith that uh, encouraged her in in what she did. Well, the story goes like this. Louisa Stead, as a teenager, fell in love with a gentleman, and they were married. And they had a little girl. And when the little girl was about seven years old, the family decided to go on a picnic. And they went out to one of the beaches along Long Island. And while they were picnicking in the sun, they heard a voice of a young boy who was struggling out in the waves of the ocean. Heard the voice. And Mr. Stead got up and he started running toward the water and he saw the boy was going to drown and he ran into the water to save the boy. But as the story goes, they both got sucked out to sea and neither one made it out alive. And this young mother and young daughter were left heartbroken on the beach. How would they make it? How would they make it? And as it turns out, over time, they were able to move forward because of the power and the presence of Jesus in their lives. And one day, Some words came to Louisa that has now become a favored hymn of the church. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know, thus saith the Lord, 
Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And another set that to music, and it was published in one of the early hymnals. And from that song and some other hymns that she wrote, she got just enough royalty that she could make ends meet. And her faith regained strength. And she and her daughter decided that God was going to use them in a great way. And they became missionaries to South Africa. That's all we know of the story. The trail goes cold there, except to know that it's because of the power and the presence of the Lord of life and the confession of our faith in that Lord Jesus Christ that has built the church and has the power to accompany us through life, inform our living, and one day take us home to glory. Are you listening? Thank you, Simon, that you heard and that became a rock on the confession that Jesus is the Christ. Amen.